I'm questioning whether everyone is awake. We're going to have a good time here in God's presence. I believe God is already at work speaking. I really felt that in worship. I felt that God is prodding some hearts and he is inviting some people into a place that maybe they haven't been before, a response moment. And so I hope that you'll stay in that spirit as we go into God's word tonight together. So it's a good time of year to ask the question, how are you doing in 2024? Because statistically, we survived January. Yes, everyone, am I the only one that uses the word survive? We thrived through January. No, we survived January, although we really didn't have a bad January, did we? We haven't had any crazy weather or anything like that. But I'm a summer girl, so I like as we're moving towards longer days, moving towards summer. But this is the time of year where people who either made a New Year's resolution or maybe, you, maybe you're a hater and don't like resolutions, but maybe you were bringing some intentionality to some areas that needed focus or making some adjustments as you exited 2023 and are moving into 2024. This is the time when all the research says that people start to lose that motivation, yes? They start to forget about those areas. Um, and I think it's a good idea to set goals. I think it's a good idea to have moments in our calendar, right? Times of the year where we reassess and reprioritize and move some things around, set some goals, run after some things. So tonight, I think it's a good time of year to ask the question, um, how are things going in your discipleship journey? I want tonight to be a discipleship checkup, a spiritual growth checkup, spiritual transformation. These are all used synonymously, a discipleship checkup. Now, I don't know about you, but when I hear the word disciple, I think of all the Bible movies I've seen. So I think of a Middle Eastern man with a beard sitting around with a robe in front of a fire eating fish with his bare hands. Is that what you think of when you think of a disciple? That is not what I'm talking about tonight, yes? I'm talking about the definition of a disciple which is somebody who simply follows the teachings, follows the life of, the aim of another with the goal of imitating that person. That's what a disciple is. So as a disciple of Jesus, that's simply what we're called to do, right? To imitate, to copy, to emulate, to mimic Jesus in every way. Now, discipleship is, the word disciple is a modern, or is not a modern word, it's a Bible word, right? But I would say discipleship or the emulating of others, the imitating of others is something that happens all the time. How many follow some influencers on YouTube or social media, right? We're constantly, I feel like in modern day, you would call Jesus the ultimate influencer, right? Um, so I know during COVID, I had a great time discovering when we all had nowhere to go and nothing to do. We didn't have to put makeup on and go places. It was kind of interesting. But um, I discovered YouTube as like a way to like, I don't know, grow and develop. And so I, you know, street fashion over 40. Okay, these are the things that Vanessa watches on YouTube or skincare for the aging woman or girls, makeup for hooded eyelids. I know. Fred follows people that do boats and guns and motorcycles and cars. And then I'm like sitting next to him and it's like pantry organization on a budget. Um, yeah. How to do your makeup when your face is falling to the ground. Those kinds of things are, but, th but those are influencers, right? So I am a disciple of some of these influencers in like a niche area of my life. I might copy something they do. I might try it. I might imitate it, right? That's what discipleship is, except in relationship to Jesus, it's the whole, I think of it like an umbrella. It's not one area of our life. He invites us to bring all of our lives, right? Our sagging skin and our aging face and our street fashion that we don't have, you know, those things, everything, our character, our attitudes, our motivations, our gifting, everything, 
under the Lordship of Jesus Christ when we are talking about becoming a disciple of Jesus. Another analogy I like to use is like a TSA security checkpoint. How many have been to like a large stadium or you've gone to the airport, right? It's crazy. You have to take off your shoes. You have to take off your belt. You have to take off your jewelry. You have to take off your bags, right? You have to pat yourself down and take everything out of your pockets and you put it on the conveyor belt and it goes through the metal detector and then you go to the other side and you pick it up. I kind of like that analogy in thinking about discipleship because we unpack these things that God has given us, our dreams, our goals, right? Our purpose, our story, our failures, our wins. We unpack these things on the belt. And I like to think of it as it goes through the Holy Spirit metal detector. And then we re-pick those things up off the belt and we hold them up to the light of God's truth. And how many know some things stay on the belt, they never get picked back up again? Other things, maybe they were in a front pocket and they get put in a backpack. They get reprioritized, right? They get repositioned. And then there's some things, which I think is one of the most exciting parts of being a disciple of Jesus, is that some things are on the belt that you never even put there, that God gave you as a gift, right? As you become his, his follower, as you become a disciple of Jesus, he puts things that he wants you to pick up that you're like, I never would have dreamt that. I never would have reached for that. I didn't know that this was going to be a part of my life. Often those are the, the most beautiful things in our lives. And then we get to pick those up and put them into our journey of being a disciple of Jesus. So once I make a vow of devotion to Jesus, everything begins to come under his lordship as a disciple of Jesus. And we know that this is not in a moment of time, right? But this is an ongoing journey. God nudging us. God whispering. God impressing on us. God beginning to speak to us. And I think some of that was happening tonight, even as we're here in God's presence tonight. And the good news for each one of us, the good news is that we are not left to ourselves to figure it out. How many know that, right? We don't have to go home and hope that if we behave better or maybe pray a little bit more or work a little bit harder or I don't know, just grit our teeth in some areas that we feel like we might be slipping or not good enough. We are not left to ourselves in this walk of discipleship. And I really want tonight to be an encouragement to you as well as a checkup of how are you doing on this journey. We are given the word of God. We have the example of Jesus, right? We have the prophetic, we have the story of what God's doing in history of which we are a part. We have all the prophetics. We have the, the, the Psalms, the Proverbs. We have the, the, the stories of Jesus, the life of Jesus, the example of Jesus. We have the letters to the epistles. We have the living, breathing word of God, which is timeless. We have the people of God. So look around this room. We have the people of God that help us in our discipleship journey. How many have been impacted by the people of God? In, in their life. Yes, exactly. I hope so. I hope each one of us can say that. If you're in our church family, if you're in a church family, you should be being challenged and grown by the people of God. And then the Spirit of God in us, Ephesians 2, 5 says that we become alive in Christ, right? When we make that vow of devotion, when we let God become the boss of our life, when we say, I'm going to come under the umbrella of your Lordship, Jesus, I'm going to take myself off the throne or these other things. I'm going to put you on the throne of my heart, we, we become, the Bible says that he sends his spirit into us and all of a sudden we have new ideas, right? We have new desires, new motivations. Even the motivation to become a disciple is a result of the Holy Spirit making us alive in Christ. 
Romans 8 said the spirit of God lives in you now and you carry the spirit of God everywhere you go. So I wanna ask you tonight in a very real way, in a very practical way, how are you doing in your discipleship journey? How are you doing in becoming more like Jesus? Like legit, how are you doing? You don't have to pray about it. You know how you're doing. You don't have to go home and fast or do anything weird. How are you doing? How is your journey of spiritual transformation going? Because of the promises in Scripture, each one of us should be making real progress. We should have a sense as a disciple of Jesus that we are tangible, we're having tangible things happen, like measurable things, like, oh my goodness, I wouldn't have had that thought before. But now look what God is doing in my heart. He's changing my attitude. He's changing my reaction, right? I never would have wanted to do that before, but I have a desire to do that. I know that's because of the work of Jesus in my life. There should be real things happening. And this isn't to pressure us. This is a promise. Do you hear what I'm saying? This isn't a pressure thing. This is a promise thing. The Bible is full of promises that he is constantly transforming us, renewing our mind, Romans 12, 2. 2 Corinthians 3:18. We are being transformed into his image. Hebrews 6, 1. Moving, it says, let us move beyond the elementary teaching and move forward, right, into maturity. It's a journey. It's, a, it's moments in time, and it's a journey, an ongoing journey. So I want you to be encouraged tonight that no matter who you are in this room, once you've made a vow of devotion to Jesus, that God has more for you. I want you to be reminded of that tonight, that God has more for you. That should get you excited, but nobody yelled amen. Like, you're all quiet tonight. God has more for your life. God has more for you. Tomorrow into this year, he has more. And I believe that we need to remember this. We need to be reminded of this. This more is, is, is more as far as um, it's, it's more character. It's more virtues of Jesus that make us look, feel, smell, talk, walk like Jesus. But it's also more more purpose and more impact and more contribution. It's you dream of what more would be, and it's that. It's more. It's more. And I believe there's two, I, I want this to encourage everybody, but I do believe there's two kind of people that I, in this moment that I want to encourage because I believe there's some people here that you've just started to like dip your toe into the journey of discipleship, this journey of transformation, this hardcore journey of saying, Jesus, be the boss of me, and what needs to change, and what do I need to start doing and stop doing, right? And God has more for you. So he wants to invite you into a place of pursuing that with intentionality and with focus. And then there's those in the room who've walked with Jesus a long time. You're in a different place. Maybe it's been even decades. How cool is it that we can know with, beyond a shadow of a doubt that he still has more for even you? I believe there's people in this room I know there's people in this room who would say, when you think back to when you made a vow of devotion to Jesus, you say, I don't even recognize that person anymore. I don't even know who that person was. And yet, decades later, you can also look into your future and know 
that God is not finished with you, that he doesn't slow down, right? He's not like, well, I've done enough, so now I'm going to move my energy and effort somewhere else. Do you hear me? He, he doesn't, we, we think, how many here, we think of the finite like me, right? I feel like God might need to dial down things over here in this area, you know, for this person so that he can then focus on me. Or he needs to, you know, give more energy to the people that are in Africa, so maybe a little less anointing here in the United States. That's not how God works, right? He's infinite. He is not finished. He is at work no matter how long or how new you are in this journey. Hebrews 10, 14, it says, for by that one offering, talking about Jesus, he, Jesus, forever made perfect those who are being made holy. That's you and me. We're in the crew, we're in the gang of those being made holy. Do you think about yourself that way? Do you think about yourself that way? What's going on today? Being made holy. Might be a bad day, but you know what? This is part of what God's at work doing in my life. This is fundamental and foundational to what's happening in my life. I am being made holy. Philippians 1.6. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it's almost done. No. Or will continue his work for a good five years, then slow down. No. Until it is finally finished. When? On the day when Jesus Christ returns. That means that God is never finished with us until we either breathe our last breath or he returns in glory. So he is always at work, always has more, no matter how much or how little you've experienced of his more. He is inviting you into more tonight. Even tonight, February 3rd, 2024, he has more. And he wants you to step into relationship with him. How many know that this is, this is, you don't hear this a lot at church, but how many know God loves you? It's right. Crazy town, right? No, God loves you. He like not only loves you, but there's some people in this room that need to hear that God likes you. Like, like when I hear God loves me, I think, yeah, because I roll my eyes, right? Like I'm that person, you know, well, he has to, he's perfect. You know, it's his character. God is love. You learn that in Sunday school. You know, of course he has to love me. No, but he likes me. That's different. He, he, he wants to hang out with me. He laughs at my jokes. He thinks I'm cool. He's into me. He can't get enough of me. Like there's not a lot of people that are saying that about Vanessa. Do you feel that way about yourself? Like, I need that. Like, that's cool. The God of the universe, each person here, he does not play favorites. He is into you. He loves you and he likes you. And he wants to spend time with you. He wants to do a new work in you. He wants to invite you into his more. He wants to blow your ever-loving mind with his goodness and his dreams for your life and his capability that he's going to call out of you because of who you are in him. God has more for you. So that's what I mean when I say discipleship. Discipleship is the lifelong pursuit of spiritual growth to become like Jesus, to be made holy. That's what this, this whole thing is all about. How many know that when we made a vow of devotion to Christ, when we came to know to recognize our sinfulness, to understand our need for a savior. Once we made that decision, how many know God could have snapped his fingers and taken us right up to heaven, right? And been done with it. He didn't do that. We're still here. 
That's what this is all about, right? He says, I'm going to make it even more adventurous, even more amazing, because I'm going to leave you, and now I'm going to put my spirit in you, and now I'm going to walk with you and transform you and change you and, and, and grow you and, 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 and launch you into amazing things that you never would have dreamed. And when you do that, when you become more like me, you're going to bring me with you everywhere you go and impact the world for me. That's what this whole shindig is about. You with me? Shindig? Got it? Not sure how to spell it. Shindig. That's what this is about. Ephesians 3, 14 through 20. I want to read this. This is, I feel like, the gospel and discipleship all wrapped up in one. Paul writes, when I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. And I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with the inner strength through his spirit. So there's a recognition, right? We can't do this on our own. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to come into us and empower us. Then what happens? Then Christ will make his home in our hearts as you trust in him. And your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. This growing is discipleship, spiritual transformation, Verse 18, and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, but probably can't, that's my own words, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. And may you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Paul's saying, it, again, we think in the finite, it's hard to comprehend. But then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. How many know that is a promise that I want? Then I will be made, put your name in there. Then Vanessa will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Put your name in there. Nolan, I can't see faces. Adam, um, Debbie, like my friends in the room, right? All of you, that you will be made complete with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now it's all glory to God who is able, how? Through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we could ask or think. That right there is the promise that God has for each one of us, that he would accomplish infinitely more than we could ask or think. And I just want to pause briefly and say, if you've never asked Jesus to come in and be the boss of your life, if you've never given him an opportunity to do that, tonight would be a great night. Because I can tell you that my own story is one of, of having the opportunity to choose Jesus at a young age, of no doing of my own, born into a family that made Jesus very real, made Jesus very palatable, made, 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 me, made, me, made Jesus the best thing going. And I got to choose Jesus at a young age. Now, it doesn't mean I'm perfect. It doesn't mean I haven't made mistakes, but I have had a relationship with Jesus my whole life by his grace and mercy. But I can remember many forks in the road where I knew I was at a fork, right? And I said, God, I'm your girl. I'm all in. And again, how many know God meets us right where we're at? He's not afraid. I probably was threatening God and probably isn't the right thing to do, but I've done it and probably will continue to. But God, as I choose you, as I walk down this road, you better show up exceedingly, the, the version I like is exceedingly and abundantly beyond all that I could ask or think. And can I just tell you, as somebody who, oh, I'm turning 50 this year, y'all, that has been my story. That God has shown up 
and done exceedingly and abundantly beyond all I could ask or think. Has life been hard? Yes. Have there been hurts and wounds? Yes. Are there disappointments to navigate? Yes. Will it continue to be hard? Yes, because we are in a broken earth. But my life, my story, my love relationship with Jesus, the adventure of serving him, which he has for each one of us, is one that he wants to do exceedingly and abundantly or infinitely more than you could ask or think. Can we just pray for a quick minute on that? Jesus, we just ask right now for each person here, whether for the first time or for the 15th time, that they would position their heart in this moment to be looking at you, towards you, for you, to do the work of completing their transformation that you have for them, that they would run after it, that they would put their eyes on you, and that they would look to you with the fullness of the weight of their life. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, now I want to pivot, and as I do, I want those handouts and pencils and all that, because you guys thought you were going to be able to be quiet all night, but you're going to do some work. We got ourselves a little handout, because a checkup or an assessment means that we're going to get engaged in this. So I've got some Everyone needs one, so you don't have to raise your hand. Everyone gets one. Everyone gets one. If you have a pen or a pencil, pull it out. If not, there's somebody with pencils going down each aisle. But we are going to roll up our sleeves, and we are going to look at doing a, a, a pathways assessment tonight. Now, I am not going to introduce our full discipleship model, but you can find that at letspraxis.com. You can find that in this book. One, this is one part of our discipleship model, one of four. This is the character of Christ. How many know that we've been preaching on the way of his character, which we're going to land here tonight, the way of his beliefs, the way of his obedience, and the way of his peace? We have so many teachings on this on our YouTube channel, on our website, in podcasts, but we're going to land tonight on the practical part that we can do to position our lives for spiritual transformation as it comes to our character. Are you in? Are you good? Okay. So, praxis, don't get ahead of me. Don't, I can't see anybody, so don't start writing. No. Praxis is a word. It's a New Testament word that means deeds. It means the actions that characterize your life. Matthew 16, 27, Jesus will, says that he will, we will be judged, right, according to our deeds. So our deeds matter, right? These are the activities, the things that we do that position our life. And so our ultimate deed even though we have different personalities and gift sets and destinies and callings, our ultimate deed, as we've already established, is to imitate Jesus, yes? And so in doing that, we have put together from the teachings of Jesus, this in a, in a way that helps give you a checklist, gives you some things you can focus on and do. But discipleship does, should not be aspirational and unattainable. And so this is an effort to help give you some things. Now, we already said we're desperate for the work of the Holy Spirit, right? We are certainly not saying that becoming like Christ and his character is a checklist and a whole bunch of to-dos. It is not. It is the work of the Holy Spirit, desperate for his grace and a positioning of our life, and a doing of the deeds that then allow for a spiritually vibrant atmosphere of growth in our lives. I want to just read from page 16 of this book. And again, if this is new to you, if you want to review it, the books are at the back of the sanctuary. You can also see it at, um, next slide, letspraxis.com at the bottom here. But it says, when Jesus invites me, there's one invitation, to be his disciple, 
He expects me to obey his commands. There's six commands. I obey those commands by walking in spiritual pathways, the 12 that you have in front of you, which we're going to talk about for the remaining minutes that we have together tonight. And when I walk in those pathways, I become a virtuous person. There's 24 and more virtues of Jesus, none of which any of us would say, I'd like a little less of that, right? They're all things that we want more of, like patience and kindness and goodness and humility and love and all these wonderful things that, of course, we want. The ultimate measure for my progress as a disciple is virtues of Jesus. And I like to say, it's when we walk around and we look like Jesus, talk like Jesus, smell like Jesus, act like Jesus with the people in our regular, day, regular life in 2024. Does that make sense? All right. So let's go. You got in front of you some pathways. Some of you have done this before. If you've been part of City Life for any length of time, you might have been in a life group that's done this. We might have done this. I don't know if we've done it in church. But it's quite simple. Again, you should not need to fast and pray to answer this. Go with your gut. You know. You know. Okay? We're going to go through all 12. You've got red. That means, red means this is not active in my life. Again, do not think long and hard about this. If you have a question, lean over to your friend or your spouse, and they'll tell you right away. <laughs> okay? We don't, we're not, we're not going to, all you perfectionists, no. There's no scale, 1 to 10. Nope. This is not part of my life. Yellow means this is sporadic in my life. I've dabbled in it. It's sporadic. Sometimes. That's it. Green means, yes, this is an active pathway in my life. This is an active spiritual habit, a spiritual discipline. These are the, right? And so doesn't mean you do it every day. It doesn't mean you're perfect, but it means it's part of the rhythm of your life. So that's quite simply how it is. And these 12 pathways, if, you, if these are new to you, let me just say a couple more things. We call them pathways because they take us somewhere, and that is to look like Jesus. It also can be called spiritual habits, but habits, eh, negative. Spiritual disciplines, no, it sounds terrible, right? So we call them pathways, right? Pathways because they're things that we can engage in and walk down and put to work in our life. And when we turn around and look back, we're going to say, I look different. I have changed because these things are active in my life. So number one, scripture. Scripture is reading, studying, memorizing, meditating on the Bible. Red, yellow, green. Go. Number two, worship. Our expression of joy that comes from knowing God. It's not just, I would offer, it's not just a moment in a service. Is my life one of worship? Is it all bottled up inside or is there an outward expression? And there's a, we've taught on each one of these. Each one of these could be a series. So this is very hard for someone that wants to teach and preach to just read a sentence, okay? So if you want to know more about worship, we have series on our, again, on our YouTube channel, on our podcast. We have series in scripture reading and prayer and all of these things. Some of these, by the way, might be a surprise. I think the first few are like, yeah, we're at church. We're talking about scripture and worship, but get ready. Okay, prayer, not a shocker. Regularly talking with God and interceding for ourselves and others. Is this a part of your life in a regular way? Conversation with God. Red, yellow, green. Fasting. Fasting is sacrificing common things to focus on God. Assess yourself. Red, yellow, green. If you've never fasted, you're red. If you fast once a year because you have to, you're yellow. That would be me. Mm-hmm. I've taken a Sharpie and crossed fasting out of my, I'm no, just kidding. But you can laugh at that. That's funny. I really haven't taken anything out of God's word and I abide by the full teachings of the Bible. Um, 
but I wish fasting wasn't one of them, but it is. And so now I have to submit to it, right? I have to bring my life under the umbrella of Lordship of Jesus Christ, and I have to fast things that bring me pleasure, like food and chocolate. Um, red, yellow, green. Gathering. Gathering is engaged in community within the body of Christ. You are gathering tonight, so if this is part of the rhythm of your life, green, green, green. If you're joining us online and you hardly ever come, whoop, yellow, yellow, yellow. And the people that are red probably aren't going to hear this. Maybe they'll listen to it when they're running at the gym this week. That's you. That's you. If we forget your name, red. Relationship. I know who you are. Relationship. Relationship is being authentic with others to be known. How many know you can gather but not know anybody? There's people here in this room who would say, oh, I gather regularly. Nobody knows my story. Three people know my name. I sit in the same spot, right? I leave before the closing song. I purposefully come in at 508, right? That's different. That's different than relationship. I've never done a life group, right? So much more. Church is meant to be so much more. I could, I could preach a sermon all these, so we're not going to, I'm not going to. Okay, in my notes, don't preach. It says don't preach. Reaching. Reaching is sharing the hope of Christ's love through evangelism and outreach. Don't overcomplicate that. Do you tell people about your love relationship with Jesus in a way that's not weird, that's invitational and inviting, that makes it palatable for people to understand something that can often feel out of reach? Are you excited about telling them about your friendship with Jesus? Reaching. Some of us love Jesus a lot, but we don't know how to reach. That's something we can grow in. That's an area. This isn't to beat anyone over the head, right? I've got greens and I've got yellows and I've got reds. I can do better at some of these for sure. So be honest with yourself. Next one is accountability. It's having, it's have, accountability is having someone that helps us reach our God-given potential. This is, this is where you, you take gathering to then maybe relationship to then accountability is when you make yourself vulnerable, right? Hey, I don't know how to do this. Or, hey, what are some resources I need to learn? Will you ask me in two months how I'm doing? So can we have a conversation about, hey, I see that you're really good at this. Would you help me understand how I could do better? Ask some questions. Or I'm scared of this. Or I feel like if I surrender this area of my life to God, then this is, right? So we, all, we have issues. We begin to make ourselves accountable. Give people... I like to, accountability to me, the phrase I would say Fred and I use is, do you have permission giving relationships? If you're married, you should say, I do with my spouse, but you need more than just that person. Who in your life have you given permission to say no to you? And a lot of adults have nobody. And that's not the way we're supposed to live. There's supposed to be a mutual accountability. It's not control, right? A mutual accountability. There's a whole team of people in this church that their job is, hey, if I have a blind spot, then if Fred or Vanessa has a blind spot, my job, my commitment to them is to courageously let them know, right? We have people that we've said, we need you to say no to us. We need you to have our back. We need you to, to, to check us and challenge us. And I'm not the same person I was when I came to, came to be part of this church 17 years ago because of that in many, many ways. And we all need relationships of accountability. See, I'm starting to preach. Number, next one, rest. Lots of sermons on rest. Rest is one of my favorites. Boop, boop, green, green. Rest means a day off, free from compulsion, 
right? A day of family and, and, and worship and fun and best day of the week. Generosity, having a heart to give freely and offer help to others. Do I live a life that's generous, not just with money, with time, with my attitude, with my perspective, with the resources God's given me? The next one is stewardship. Stewardship is being a good manager of the needs of others. Excuse me, be a good manager of all that God has entrusted to me. And then there's service. And I'm going to invite our worship team to come back and get in place. Service is meeting the needs of others with our gifts, talents, and time. You, how many know you can give a lot of, you can be generous with your money, but super stingy with the rest of your life? See, all of, none of these are standalone. They all intertwine. And often, again, I don't want to, for the sake of time, but often when I do one, it brings up the level of my others. When the volume of my gathering goes up, the volume of my relationship, which leads to accountability, which that, does you see what I'm saying? They're all intertwined. And you can, you would have a hard time making an argument that any of these don't touch the other ones. And so as you begin to engage, you're going to find spiritual transformation is going to happen. And so that's those questions that I want you to look at next. Which pathway do I want to move from red to yellow? And which pathway do I want to move from yellow to green? So right now, as the band begins to play, I'm just going to give you 30 seconds, a minute. Again, don't fast and pray or do anything crazy. Start yelling out in spiritual language. You can if you need to. But which one, when you checked red, you felt like that needs to change? That needs to change now. It shouldn't be red. Or maybe it was, maybe it was yellow before and it's become red, right? Pick one. Don't be an overachiever. We're going to be realistic here. We're not going to run out of speed on this here in a March, a month away. Like maybe we've run out of speed on some New Year's resolutions. So think for a minute, which one from red to yellow? And then the same, which one is sporadic that needs to be consistent? Which one of these yellows would God have me bring some intentionality and effort in my journey of discipleship? Because what I can promise you, friends, is that as you bring some simple intentionality, because you take God at his word that he has more for you, and you don't become busy with other things, but you understand that no matter what's happening in life, you are part of that pack of those being made holy. And that means that I'm going to bring attentionality and energy and resources and effort among many other things, but that's going to be right there at the front of the pack. And that I'm going to see spiritual transformation happen in my life. It's a pretty awesome promise. So you don't have to go home and, you know, freak out and, 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 and do what Madeline said, get up every night and pray for three hours in the middle of the night. I mean, that would be awesome if God spoke to you. I'm not making fun of that. That's real, right? God asks us to do some things that require sacrifice. But you don't have to live a monastic life to hope that you look better, your spiritual person looks different in six months or six years. You can do practical things that create habits, pathways in our life that you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that in a year you're going to look like a different spiritual person than you look today. You don't have to beat yourself, flog yourself, do anything crazy. Just begin to put to work these pathways, these beautiful rhythms in your life in a way that 
in a way that grows us, in a way that brings spiritual maturity. And I don't know why you, I want all that God has. If I'm all in, if I'm doing this thing, I want every benefit. I want every gift. I want every virtue flowing out of my life. When I show up in a space, I want people to know that I'm a Jesus follower, right? When I make mistakes, I want to know that God is still pleased with me. He forgives me. He loves me. He doesn't give up on me, right? That I don't plateau in this relationship with Jesus, that I get to hold my head high and know that God has more and he wants more for each one of us. Will you stand with me tonight? I just simply ask, how are you doing in your discipleship journey? So for the sake of time, you've got some homework. Don't tell Fred I gave you homework. Actually tell him. <laughs> your homework is once you've answered that question, move the one you're going to, pathway you're going to move from red to yellow and the one from yellow to green is then to add, attach some practical action steps. Because how many know it can feel good in the room? We've got nice soft music. The lighting is low, right? We're good. We're just starting to get hungry for dinner, but we still got some focus left in us, right? But it's much different on Tuesday afternoon at 322. So what you want to do will be, I'm going to challenge you and invite you before the weekend wraps up to put some steps in place that are going to help you take that red to yellow and that yellow to green. Some of them require one step. Set your alarm earlier or call this person or do this or show up here. But some of these require some preparation. They require a couple things, right? And then if you really want to, really want to go crazy, tell somebody about your action steps and begin to practice accountability and say, hey, text me at the end of the week and see if I've done it right? Or let's chat at church on Saturday and see if I've been able to. Will you pray that I am? And I, I would love to invite you to ask me the question to help me stay accountable and to move forward. Sound good? Father, we just thank you for time in your presence, for time in your word. We thank you for this promise of you never giving up on us. You're always having more for us. Lord, we thank you that your more is always better. And so, Father, I pray that each one of us would in a fresh way tonight be reminded by you in a loving way, in a gentle way, in an encouraging way, that we are your disciples and that everything about our life, every part of who I am would come under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And in so doing, that I would see quantifiable change in my life by the power of the Holy Spirit at work in me and then the positioning of my life through spiritual pathways at work in my life that take me to a beautiful destination and that is being transformed into your image in Jesus name we're going to go into a song just for a couple minutes before we close our service and as we sing this song I do want to invite you to think about those pathways that you just checked and what those action steps would be because it's quick to forget and I just really think that God has some beautiful richness and promises to unleash in our lives. I'm believing for that for my own life. I mean, believing that for every single person in our church family. There's also people during this song available on either side of our platform to pray. If you need prayer, personal prayer, if you need to pray with somebody out of accountability for a check mark, it's okay, right? Come get prayer if you need it.